When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Girl, Shauna, repping Chicago all day, all night, baby. And right now, you are tuned in to the Progress Report with my girl, Lala Yidi. Shut hey. down, baby. The Progress Report. All right, what's going on? It's your girl, Lala Shepard. This is the Progress Report conversation with Lala. And let me just say that I am super humbled to be speaking with you. I'm a huge fan, um, been a fan for years. Um, yesterday, you did our new Music Monday call with the Coalition DJs, and you know we was just so happy just to hear like, man, Shauna is back. So, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's a lot more Mama than Shauna nowadays. Got you. Okay. Well. How about you? How I'm you great. Know? Yeah, I'm great. I can't complain. I, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm an introvert anyway, naturally. So this is this is cool. I'm not complaining. I've I'm heard that a lot. I have a lot of friends yeah. that are I, What's crazy is I'm kind of both. So I'm okay yep. with it. I, I really, it doesn't bother me. I have those moments where I'm like, oh, I just want to go to a restaurant or. Of course, right. You know, Don't have a drink. <laughs> but other than that, I'm okay. It's saving me money. Okay. No, that's true. <laughs> Absolutely. I will it's say that. It's saving me money. I cannot lie. Absolutely. Um. So, okay. So happy belated Mother's Day to you. Thank you. Are you a mom? Not yet. I got a dog, but I'm not like an official human mother yet. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. that all matters. That all matters. So, right. God mommy or right. whatever <laughs> it is you calling it. Right. As well. For sure. For sure. Talk about motherhood for you. Well, motherhood has been involved uh, in my life ever since I started kind of signing my deals. Um, mm. I had my first child, my son, when I was 19. Okay. And um, I was six months pregnant when I signed my first deal with uh, Relative wow. Records with Infamous Syndicate. So, yeah, you know, for a while, I was really the only one that was out there, you know, kind of at my level of it, but still having kids at home. You know, this is mm. when we had her baby before Kim had her baby. Um, yeah. To my knowledge, Trina doesn't have any children. You know what I'm right. saying? Right, right, right. Oh, so it just was... um. It was tough. You know, you miss a lot of moments. You miss a lot of first teeth. You miss a lot of um, um, 
things that happen at school, performances and things like that. But, you know, um, I worked hard and um, the sacrifices I made have paid off very well. I was able okay. to raise them, you know, in good schools and, you know, get, not yeah. spoiled. I do spoil them. I ain't going to lie. For sure. For sure. Show kids. You know, I'll be able to maintain, you know, never have to need anybody, which is a blessing. That's right. Respect. Yeah. Respect. I know that was a lot just balancing that out, especially too trying to, you know, come up in this crazy industry. So much respect to you. Thank much you. Respect it is. To you. My, my son actually has special needs. So I'm a special needs. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So that, that made it even harder. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And that teaches you a lot of patience, I'm sure. Oh, more than I can explain. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. My mom's a social worker. So, you know, I'd be, yeah, she educates me a lot about, you know, just, just with all types of children and their needs and stuff. So I'm, I'm definitely familiar. So, yeah. So you from Chicago, the Midwest. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Actually, actually born in Chicago, more so raised out in the suburbs. They like to try mm. to correct me on that a lot, but hey, <laughs> I still. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Nah, Chicago. I'm from the Midwest as well. I'm from Ohio. So I know a little bit about Chicago, but oh. talk about your experience. <laughs> yeah. Talk about your experience growing up. Chicago. Well, you know, I got a lot of family that was living in the inner city. And then once I got mm. to the age like 16, where I could hop in the car with my friends, it was no stopping it. I was all over the city. That's why you people think I'm from the west side. People think I'm from the south sure. side. Like, I'm just, no, guys, I'm from the burbs. Okay. Right. I'm out there with y'all, <laughs> rocking with y'all forever. Yeah. You know we all speak the same lingo. It's, you know, it's a small world. So, of course, oh, yeah. it's smaller. So, um, I mean, just it was love. You know, it, it, back when I was first coming up, we had a lot of Chicago artists bur bursting onto the scene. We had Definitely. We had our Do or Die. We had our uh, Psychodrama, Snipers, mm. Kanye, Common. Mm -hmm. I mean, the list just goes on. And it just... It so was much talent. A melting pot of so much talent. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Which it still is right now, but I'm just, you know, reminiscing. Right, right, and, right. Uh, it, it all was a part of cultivating my style and... um you know, just trying to be one of the best that we had. Definitely, definitely. And you've been pursuing music for a long time, for a minute. Yes, so yes. talk about, you know, finding an interest for music. I'm aware about your dad. Of course, we're going to speak about him. But talk about finding uh, your interest for music and also, too, just uh, really deciding to take music serious as a career. Yeah, okay. What got me was I was a little 12-year-old girl in the room. Um, I think this is when BET first started running, like, Rap City and stuff like that. Yes. The mayor was hosting that. I might be going uh -huh. to my back for some, but uh, the mayor hosted it. And um, uh -huh. I was feeling I'm like, yo, I love this hip. I'm loving this sound. But it was when Rob Bass dropped It Takes Two. Where? I had to take my little tape recorder mm. and put it on the side of the speaker. And I literally line for line recorded every word he spit in that verse and mm. wrote it down and missed it. And once I did that, I said, I can do this on my own. Okay. And I started writing my own raps like that and just recording myself on a small recorder. And it, it just grew from there. Of course, like you said, my, with my dad being who he is and, and um, the musician that he is, it was already always in me. But I, mm -hmm. I honestly, I never had a desire to sing the blues or play the guitar. Mm -hmm. I just kind of relate to my generation and do what we were doing musically, which For was sure. pop and rap. Mm -hmm. So that's that's really where it birthed right there in my in my bedroom. Um where I was supposed to be doing my homework, but now I'm I'm recording. I'm writing down Rob Bass verse trying to learn his. I'm trying to get an A at that. 
Word. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, Rap City, man, still one of my favorite shows. You know, yes. definitely. Still you one of my favorite awesome, shows. Lala, to come full circle with that and be a part of the best of the basement now. Uh, Absolutely. You know they have that? And uh, it's two clips that they have of me that made the Right. Movie. Yep. And it's insane, right? That's why I started 12 years old, just stars in my eyes, wishing I could be a part of it. 10 years down the line, boom, I'm best mm -hmm. of the basement. You know? Crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Manifestation. You know what I mean? Absolutely. When did you feel like you got your like big break, your biggest break? My biggest break, you know, it came with Luda. It was hard. Mm -hmm. I had to leave and go down to Atlanta and start mm -hmm. shoulders with other artists outside of Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Chicago, we still ain't got it together. I ain't gonna lie. Once we do get it together, I'm a proud thing. woman. Yeah, I'm definitely. Proud woman, but yeah, once I got down there, um, actually what happened was I was on tour with Infamous Syndicate. We were on the Lyricist Lounge tour. Eminem was on this tour, y'all. Listen to mm -hmm. me. Eminem used to come by himself with a stack of his records. He would sit in the corner until it was time for him to go on stage and get on stage and rock. He was even at this time, I want to say this was like, honestly, this was like 98 or 99. And he was doing, hi, my name is, my name is. And if you think about it, that didn't come out until later in the 2000s. Oh, yeah. Right. We, went, we were on this lyricist lounge, too. We would all be backstage. I had gone on and, and you know, now we backstage, you know, kicking it with all the rest of the artists. Black Thought was on there. Um, mm -hmm. um, oh, my God. This is showing my age. What's the what's the artist that sing is bigger than hip hop? Dead Prez. Is that, is that Dead Prez? Oh, word. Dead Prez was on okay. the table. It was so dope. So dope. So dope. Um, um, influences that we were able to um, share the stage with, but um, that, that's just my most memorable thing about that. But what I was saying, I said mm -hmm. that to say this: we were on tour, Lyricist Lounge. We went through Atlanta, and at that time, Ludacris was hosting um, Hot ninety seven. He was mm -hmm. Chris Lover Lover, and, <laughs> yeah. um, and um, he interviewed Tifa and I, and uh, mm -hmm. listened to my music. And that's when me and Ludacris's relationship started because he got my contact and stayed in contact with me. Once I got mm. out of my deal, he picked up the phone and was like, yo, I want to fly you to Atlanta. I need you to come down here and do this hook for me. Mm. Oh, which was, what's your fantasy? Oh, yeah. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Yeah. Um, like the rest is history. It, it happened just like that. Beautiful. Um, talk about the transition to Atlanta, though, because it's like, you know, coming from Chicago to Atlanta, Midwest to the South, like that's that could be a culture shock for some. So how was it for you? Like when you really get, you know, I'm in, I'm in Atlanta. So when you okay. really got down here, it was such a culture shock because everything mm. in Chicago moves so fast. Yeah. And definitely. I got down to Atlanta. And mind you, I'm not talking about today's Atlanta. We're right, talking right. about 2002. <laughs> Atlanta. So, very, Atlanta. you know, everything was very distant. You know, they'd be like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, the club down the street. You are literally going four miles. Facts. <laughs> down the street Facts. to me is a half a block in Chicago. And Atlanta mm -hmm. down the street, 
you better have some gas in your tank. You better have some gas. Your car okay. better work. <laughs> no, I mean, that. Was, I got homesick because I'm so used to being able to just pull up on the block, hop out, sit on the porch, shoot the shit with people. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't that down there yet. They had the strip clubs and the mall. That's pretty much mm-hmm. all of them going at that time. And um, you know, I needed a little more than that. So I, I got it out of there. <laughs> and I moved back a few years later. But, um, okay. you know, there's no place like home. Absolutely not. I totally get it. I totally get it. I totally get it. Okay, so man, you got so many songs, like mainstream songs, like songs that true fans would know. Um, So what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go through and name a couple of records and I just want you to let me know like, yo, the first memory that come to thought when you hear the song. All right? So I'm gonna gonna go ahead and start with Ludacris. What's your fantasy? Cause you did already mention it. So let's start with that. Okay. Um, The fondest memory of that is we um when we performed on 106 in park and hmm. like i said being a mom has been totally part of my journey when we performed Absolutely. on 106 in park i was 3 months pregnant with my second child wow immediately left 106 in park i didn't even have time to change because mm. i had dev jam island dev jam and they wanted to sign the deal they wanted to sign me to disturbing the peace dev jam so they uh, were basically just at the point where they're like, we're not taking no for an answer. We've taken off. We, You know, you own this record. It's, it's growing. It's going crazy. What's mm-hmm. up? Yeah. At that time, Def Jam was the king of hip hop. Absolutely. And everybody. They had Ja Rule. They had DMX. They had Red and Method Man. They had, uh, I, the, the list just goes on and on. Because I remember that Def Jam tour, Foxy Brown, you know, mm. and I was the tour bus and see everybody's picture on the side of the bus. And I was like, that's the family I want to be a part of. Right. So um, best memory ever when it comes to what's your fantasy. Okay. That's dope. That's so dope. Okay. Um, what about getting some? Getting some. Okay. First thing that pops in my head is I was at the time managed by a, a gentleman named John Monopoly. Okay. And uh, he calls me at two, maybe three in the morning with this beat. And he's like, I got it. I got our hit. And I'm like, well, let me hear it. Right. Is it? And the first thing that comes on is get, get, getting. I was getting some head. I'm on the phone like, oh. I'm like, now you know, good and well, they not play this <laughs> on the radio talking about getting some head. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, I was so self conscious about that that if you listen to the lyrics and getting some head, I never mention anything sexual. I never, it's no connotation, it's nothing. Right. I, I wanted to keep it straight up so I would be able to make it on the radio. Maybe they could right. just do a, a radio version of the of the head part because mm-hmm. the beat, the track, undeniable. But just no. the content, you know, it's it, right. it, we're talking about um, 05, 06. Oh, now yeah. A lenient with what they play, but back then it was still a lot of regulations in mm-hmm. radio. Uh, when that record came out, the getting some. I was in high school and I just remember hearing it on the radio. Like, I'm like, damn, this record is so dope. Like, I ain't know what else to think of. I, just, I couldn't believe it was on the radio. <laughs> like, I was just like, damn, like this record is hard. Like, and everybody yeah. in school was singing it. It was just crazy oh when it came God. out. Yo, if I had a dollar for every person that walks up to me saying I was a kid singing that song I <laughs> right I got in trouble for singing that oh, song man. another funny thing that happened right you know how when the plane lands everybody instantly powers up their phones right 
this was ringtone days. So mm-hmm. I don't know how it was going, but the plane finally landed. Everybody's waking up stretching. And then all of a sudden you hear, get, 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 and they didn't That's even know funny. I was on the plane. So everybody announced it and everybody just started going crazy. Like that is so dope. Like that it's really dope. It's really That's dope. crazy. I'm, okay. I'm blessed to be a part of that whole that Absolutely. Whole, like that whole time and everything. Man. Um, definitely. So next record, Ludacris, stand up. Yes. Stand up. Okay, first, let me see. The video, <laughs> epic. the video, epic, the video, right? I mean, Luda never lets you down from never. every aspect of entertainment, whether never. it's the comedy, whether it's the content, it's the lyricism. I mean, right. you know, to be side by side with someone like that is just so motivating. It, it, Definitely, it, it, your mind working. He keep he kept me on my toes all the time. Just. Mm. The, directors that he would choose to work with and and how he would be so instrumental in the treatments and how he wanted mm. the final outcome to be. Yeah. Huge shoe to, you know, to the dance moves that we did in the video. Right. You know, to the baby <laughs> Luda. And the, the yeah. Diaper. Just, you know, just that is that right there. And oh my God, I have to say this. The fact that it's put me in the top, I believe, I believe now that they just added Lizzo, it's seven. Okay. women to be in the um the top billboard top numbers for nice. a record. And um, you know, I always clarify, you know, I was I was just featured on the record. Absolutely. However they did the consideration is a blessing. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I didn't rap on there. I just featured on the hook and lo and behold it's giving me that that spotlight and I, I I'm so grateful for it. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah that that video was insane. It was just yeah. so dope. Uh, I was, you know, I was, that was a good time in hip hop, you know. Definitely, like, definitely. Not to knock anything else, it was right? Just a good time. It was more about fun back then. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like I, you know, I play the I play the the neutral card a lot because mm. I don't offend anybody, and people like to take things out of context. Of course. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, it was um yeah we had violence and records back then, but right. that wasn't so prominent. Back then, yeah. more so a lot about having fun or or, or putting the your putting the spotlight on where you where you're from and showing exactly. y'all the culture of, of where you grew up and how you grew up. So you know, just a really good exactly. time in hip hop back then. For sure, I always say between Ludacris and Missy Elliott, they got the best like uh, videos, hands down. Even Busta Rhymes too. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was doing his thing. I would but... be Missy's daughter. For sure. If Missy I could come back, if I could come back in another life, I would be Missy's daughter. Missy is the goat for sure. For sure. Okay. Next record, Beanie Man Dude. Oh, okay. Best memory with that is um, it was January. It was my birthday, January third, and Beanie Capricorn. Was Beanie was ready to shoot the video, and he was like, "We got a whole team down here. You don't got to bring nobody. We just need you." Nice. And I'm just like, you know, maybe that's out of the country. Um, I'm, you know, just a little on me. I really don't right. want to do it. Like, if you don't want to do it, we'll just shoot it without you. And I'm just like, all right, I got to put my big girl pants on mm-hmm. and go. And like, as soon as I got off the plane, they greeted me with this huge bag of marijuana. Okay. And said, this is all for you. And they yes. had personal security the entire time I was there. That's dope. Uh, 
had some of the best jerk chicken I ever tasted in my life. I, I laugh at American jerk chicken. Right. Because I had not the same. <laughs> and just Jamaica's beautiful. Yes. And to be there with like, I want to say, I want to call him an ambassador of, of, mm. of Jamaican culture. To mm-hmm. be there with somebody who's held at that stature was just unbelievable. And I'm glad I, I kind of sucked it up and 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 went down there and, and had that experience. Absolutely. Part of my history now. We in the books. For sure. Yeah. That's a, that's another classic joint. Like I, I got that in my reggae playlist. You know what I mean? That's the song that's never gonna get old. It's just never gonna Such get old. Timeless. Such a blessing to have classics that'll still play right now. The what's your fantasy, the getting some head, the Absolutely. Man, stand up, all that a DJ will still put that in there. Absolutely. Day and it'll still have the same reaction. Definitely. So I mean, you know, how could I be mad? You know? Absolutely. I mean, it's been good to me. For it's sure. Okay, yeah. so what about uh Gucci man, Lanes can't call her, aka ballers. What's crazy is me and Gooch became really good friends. Yeah, I had like, a few records. Yeah, we had a few records because I, I think what really kind of got it going was me and Deb, Auntie Deb. Me mm. and Auntie Deb hit it off like this. Where? And mm. a lot of times I would be just down there kicking it with her. And mm-hmm. Gooch would be like, all right, we're going to the studio. Come on, let's go to the studio and rock out. You know, and I ain't going to miss an opportunity like that. You know what Damn I'm saying? Right. So we would just go and vibe. We would go to Zaytoven's house in his basement. And we would just listen to records and vibe and freestyle and write and do whatever we had to do until we was ready to go to sleep. So that's how that record came up. Lames can't call it. We was just like, okay, what can we do? I'm like, come on, Goose, we doing all these records, but I don't got that one with you. I need that one that's going to make mm. it like, oh, this is it. And he came with the Lames can't call her. <laughs> she on that's the day shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's what the ladies want to hear. <laughs> For sure. I'm so... I can hang with Gucci on the trap talk. For sure. Absolutely. And all that and stuff. But the girls, you know, they okay with that. But they sometimes they need something that they can relate to, that they can see. Yeah. I wanted to get that out of him for, for from us. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what about RPM with you, Ludacris, and Twister? Okay. So first thing that pops in my head with RPM is when I first heard it, it was actually just a song for Luda and Twister. Word. And Luda um, uh, sent it to Twister, and when Twister sent his verse back, <laughs> Luda was like, "Oh no, no, no! You got it. You got to have that. You <laughs> you gonna you gonna do that? I can't." Because Twister took off, right? Right. He took off. So that's how it ended up being two verses of mine and just Luda on the hook. Okay. It was like some Chicago stuff already. Yeah. Go, hold it down. So um, what what happened was I sent my first verse in. And um, I think Luda kind of listened to both the verses and he was like, I think I'll be better on the hook, which he does that. If you remember the What's Your Fantasy remix mm-hmm. was just me, um, Trina and Foxy. And mm-hmm. Luda was just on the hook. So he's known for doing that. I told you he's very creative in the way he does things. He likes to be outside of the box at all times. And I respect that so much. But um, but yeah, when um, when he when he heard Twister and... Um, my verse, he was like, no, you got to go ahead and do that. And mm. now, now I'm like, oh, I'm really finna kill it. You so got to. You go back and listen to it. You'll see that the second verse take off way harder than the first one. The first one, mm. I was so intimidated. I didn't know what they verses was going to sound like. But mm. now I heard Twister's verse. So now yeah. Like, just run that over and do what I got to do. 
for sure. I'm gonna go back and listen to it again once we get done with the interview, just to hear refresh ears and a different perspective. The the, the confidence and the energy was so much more in that second verse because he was Mm. like, "Got this, you got this," and then it just took off. For sure. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um. Lastly, ludicrous pussy popping. Pussy popping. Okay. So, like I said, I had just newly moved to Atlanta. Yeah, strip clubs in Chicago. So I just was not accustomed to naked women walking around. Mm-hmm. My club, women was dressed to to the to the gods, right? You know, to come show up and show out. Mm-hmm. So to get down there and be around them naked women, it was just like, wait a minute, I, you know, <laughs> hold on, baby, I don't want to dance, right? You know what I'm so, um, I got the treatment for what's your fantasy, and I was just like, you guys, um, you know, I'm really a hardcore rapper, um. Uh, I don't know if I really want to be seen in this light quite yet. Mm. I was very much a tomboy in my 20s on up until my 30s. That's just how I was. I like, I'm into sports. I'm into um, just, you know, kind of hanging out. I wasn't very, I wasn't right. early. I wasn't sassy, nothing like that. So when it came time to be in a club like that and they wanted me to be a little more provocative and, uh, mm. you know, I just wasn't ready to do that. And I backed out of it. I got I shied up, I bitched up and I backed <laughs> out of it. And um, I hate that to this day because mm. that, you know, it's classic. It was always played on um, BET Uncut. Okay, yeah. I always go back to that. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah, I should have just sucked it up and been in that video. But, um, but yeah, I was on it. So, um, you know, can't take that away from me. But yeah, that's the first thing I think of. I dropped the ball and didn't mm. go and get in the video. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say I remember the BT cut days. It was between that song and Nelly uh Those was the two yes. that I remember like vividly. Yes. We used to be pissed like on the nights where those two videos wouldn't play because it would be so yes. regular, like, yo, why wouldn't the videos play? So it's like those are the yes. two that I vividly remember for you sure. Right. <laughs> yep. Okay. So let's talk about disturbing a piece. Uh, DTP. Uh, what was it like being a first lady? They were all my dads. They were mm. all dads, dads and brothers. I literally could not have any male groupies around. <laughs> I couldn't uh, wander off too far. Mm. Um, you know, and I appreciate it. I'm not saying it in a bad way. I appreciate it because sure. you know, I'm, I'm, most of the time I'm in foreign land. I don't know where I'm, who I'm around or what's going on. Even mm-hmm. in Atlanta, I didn't really know anybody down there. So, but to take me in and kind of, you know, sister me like that, I really appreciate it because you know it's a lot of guys that just want to one thing, one thing. You, you know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. I never even had to deal with that because they wouldn't let them around. It was That's just like the family. It was a family. I was definitely their sister. Mm, got you. That's love. And I love to hear that. I love to hear that. Yeah, definitely. For so sure. and the, the, the Disturbing the Peace operated as a family. They had a lot of their family members working for the company. Mm. So, I mean, it was just natural for them to be family because they were. Got you. Yeah. Um, back then, did you, did you experience any colorism at all? Wow. Uh, I can't say that I did. Actually, I really learned for the first time how much uh, other races appreciate our music. Mm. You know, being with a with an artist of, of, of his stature. Oh, and, yeah. And, and going in places that I probably wouldn't have gone without yep. him and, and being able to see that. So, no, it was actually the opposite. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome because you are here. You are here one extreme or the other. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? I'm just always curious. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, Luda is that type of artist. You know, he's for very sure. relatable. For sure. Uh, and you, for you, sure. 
people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so nowadays, do you feel like it's more inclusion of female artists like uh than it was back then? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, back then me, Remy, Trina, we used to scream to the top of our lungs, unity, mm. female unity. We need for to sure. be together, you know, we gotta create, you know, outlets and opportunities for each other. And it just mm. it didn't really catch on. It took a very long time to catch on. So I'm very proud of the young ladies who are in the industry right now that are absolutely uh, embracing each other, working with each other and supporting each other. That's what that's what we wanted all the all the while. Right. Definitely, definitely. Um, talk about putting in a footwork though, you know, establishing relationship with DJs like back then, like, you know, um, was it as important as it is now? Just, you know, talk about it from your perspective. Well, to me, that's always been important because I mean, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a student at anything. So I'm always thinking, I'm an overthinker, honestly. So I'm always like looking around and paying attention. And I'm just like, people don't realize how instrumental a DJ is to your career and the impact that Absolutely. you're going to have. This is Absolutely. a person presenting you to people. This is Absolutely. a person who's going to leave that musical impression on these people for you mm. they're your conduit and a lot of artists don't understand that they just skip right over the dj and want to go to the radio or the record label and you know they don't realize that it's building blocks you have right. to develop a relationship with these djs and you can't just treat them like anything because they have power right absolutely you have to that you have mm -hmm. to respect that uh, and i used to always preach that and people like shut up but now i think more so that um now once we got into the payola period and all mm -hmm. that and how people, how, how they saw that you can't get in unless right. you rock with them now they're doing it but i hope that that's not where it comes from i hope it really mm. comes from genuine understanding of the importance of that relationship definitely yeah I feel you on that, you know, uh, myself, like I'm a publicist, so like I work with DJs and I always understood the importance of a DJ, you know, like you said, I feel like people just don't see it unless, you know, unless you are putting that footwork, then you do see it for yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the only way you can see it. Yes. But very important. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, and then that, but they, they know now DJs. Yeah, know, for sure. Just do now. You got, when you, when you see people like DJ Khaled do what he's done, I think that was a big part of people saying, oh, wait a minute, hold up. <laughs> right. Hold up. You know what I'm saying? D DJ Khaled built his empire off of just, you know, coming from radio and then going into making these compilations with these major artists and look at him now. Right. Oh, so it's like you, you just, you got to respect that. Mm hmm. Yep. Yep. So um, with Disturbing the Peace, um, talk about what it looked like when you and Ludacris just wasn't seeing eye to eye no more and, you know, the label started to unfold. Um, at that at that point, we were at, we were at about a 10 years in. Mm -hmm. And I think at that point, everybody just wanted to organically grow, organically see something different. It was just mm -hmm. like, so it, it became a gerbil wheel and everybody mm -hmm. wanted growth. Everybody wanted to go here. Luda was actually getting more so into the movies. Yeah. Uh, he was signing newer, younger artists. What's up, everyone? Stacey Ike here from the Human to Human podcast and Recovering Perfectionist. If you're looking to explore your interpersonal relationships, have a safe space to reflect without shame 
and deep dive into the many layers of being human, then come hang out with me on the Human to Human podcast where I go deep with your favorite celebrities, tastemakers, and thought leaders. Be sure to check out and subscribe to Human to Human with Stacey Ike. That's the number two, not the word two, brought to you by the Revolt Podcast Network. I'll see you there. And um, Def Jam, the original top heads that were there, the Kevin Lyles, the Julie, the Lior Cohen were Mm -hmm. gone. There was a new top head coming in, L.A. Reid. L.A. Reid made a statement one day about me and just said that I'm not on his radar. So I knew then I was not going to have the support that I had previously with the team that I signed with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you hear about what happened with me and disturbing the peace, you know, of course, people initially uh, want to run and say, you know, it was a Luda Shana fallout. Right. It, it basically was all of that, the, a domino effect. You know, mm-hmm. it was just kind of time for some change. And uh, I think in the end, I mean, we did, nobody really wanted to let go of, of the good thing that we had. But we all knew that it something had to change. Something had to change. And I actually... um pregnant again with my third okay and I just I didn't want to be away from them yeah I, I, I'm like you know this is your third child this is kind of what you want to do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying right. and I missed out on so much with my first two and I was like mm-hmm. not this one not this one so mm-hmm. I'm like you know I, I know my talent I know my desire to be in the industry mm-hmm. it'll never go away but my mm-hmm. kids will not stay the same age. And I, I, I did not want to miss those milestones again. I wanted to go home and just revamp, recalculate, just mm-hmm. wash it away, get a clean slate and come back. Absolutely. Yes. I get it. But my decision was really, really, I want people to know it's based on just being a mother and, and thinking about, did I want to give another 10 years to the industry or mm-hmm. be a mom? And I, I wanted to be a mom. I felt like the um, the accolades that I attained in those 10 years were good enough for me. Absolutely. They were good enough for me. You know, we were going into a new sound, a new wave. And mm-hmm. all of that was a decision I had to make. And it was stressing me out. And um, I was pregnant. So very emotional. Even more stress. <laughs> very, you know, very emotional. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of closed in and just wanted to go home and be a mom, be with my mm-hmm. family. I respect that. And that's the most important thing, defining success to you, you know, because especially when you're in a limelight like that, everybody I'm sure is telling you so many different things, trying to pull you in different directions, but you got to make the best decision for you. Yes. Respect that. You want, you want, you don't want to have regret, regrets, excuse me. Absolutely not. And I would Mm -hmm. rather have regrets in the rap game and decisions that I made within the industry versus my children's upbringing. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what held, that's what held the weight for me. Respect. Yeah. Respect. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, so it was hard. It was hard, but I bet. Know, I bet. For sure. I wouldn't change it. Gotcha. Yeah. Respect that. Yeah. Definitely. So I want to talk about your dad, um, <laughs> Mr. Buddy Guy, the legendary blues singer, guitarist. Um, how is that, you know, being being in a household with such a legendary person, you know, and I'm sure that's influenced you, um, you know, just musically, but just talk about just growing up with him. He's gone a lot. He's gone a lot. 
on a roll. I'm up in a two-parent home, but I must say my mother had the single-parent experience. Okay. I mean, I want to say nine to ten months out of the year, and not just Mm. one block, he's gone. You know, he'll be Mm. gone for three weeks, and he'll be gone for three months, and he'll be back home for a few days, and then he's gone for a month, and it just, you know... When he was home, he was dad. He wasn't buddy guy. He was dad. He was, did you do your homework? Why your room mm-hmm. dirty? Go make your bed. Go wash your clothes. Fold that up. Clean that up. You know what I'm saying? Um, he would always come to my games. Like I said, I was very much into sports. I played volleyball and softball all up okay. throughout high school. So anytime he was in town, he would come and kind of sneak in and stand out and and watch because, of course, if they knew he was there, it wouldn't be about of course. me. <laughs> right. And I love that about him. He knew Absolutely. that. And like, you know, to let me have my moment. And Absolutely. Um, it was just a blessing, you know, because it taught me a lot about being an artist, being a celebrity mm-hmm. and being a parent. How mm-hmm. you, you definitely have to differentiate the two. Mm-hmm. And it's very important to just drop that at the door when you come home and be there for them in, in the capacity that they need. You know, Absolutely. leave stardom on the tour bus. Right. Yeah. Right. And y'all, y'all recorded a lot of music together already, but are you guys working on something new? Absolutely. I I okay. never I would never drop a project without him on it. Mm. I'm actually trying to get on one of his because Okay, every, why not? Every one of them gets a Grammy. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Let me hop on this. Right. Right. <laughs> <the> interlude. Right. <laughs> something. That's cool. Yes. That's super, super cool. Yes. Okay. Thank oh, you. absolutely. Okay. So what's what's your best advice um to an artist to stay consistent in music? And we all understand, like you just mentioned, like life happens. Yes. Uh, you gotta make the right decisions for you. But what's what's your best advice for staying consistent? I do have a good answer for that because I get asked a lot. I guess that question a lot in my interviews. And the main thing that I want to tell artists is to know to be knowledgeable of the industry and how mm-hmm. be knowledgeable of the contracts that you sign, be knowledgeable of the loans that you take and mm-hmm. the benefits and the interest that those loans will gain. Right. Be knowledgeable of the verbiage in your contracts. Mm-hmm. Make, don't be afraid to speak up and tell your lawyer, you don't understand the wording. That's mm-hmm. Paying them for that's what they went to school for, not you. Right. So make them break it down to you as if you were three years old, so you know exactly what you're into. Because once you sign that, you probably gonna spend more money trying to get out of it than you did getting in it. Mm-hmm. I think that is the most golden advice that I can give to an up and coming artist. Because even me, at that age and at that time in my career, you so anxious. You just mm-hmm. want to get there. You just want to be in those lights. You just want to hear those fans. You just want to feel that energy. And right. the paperwork is something that you just like, all you see is numbers. So mm. if the label is telling you, here, we're going to give you a $50,000 advance. That's how you hear. Is, I got 50 racks. Bet. You know what I'm saying? And you're not mm. paying attention to nothing else that's in that contract. For example, the fact that they said you have to give them seven albums before you can ever leave them. Man. And they don't give you a time limit on mm. how often you can drop those albums. So they can drop an album on you one year and wait three to four more years to drop the second one. Right. So how long do you think it's going to take you to get out of seven of them? And all you took was 50000 in the door and you got to pay that back. 
So mm-hmm. when I get a chance to drop it on a new artist, I give it to you in the raw. I'm going to give you the game. I'm not going to bullshit you. Excuse my language. I'm sorry. Oh, you I'm good. not going to BS you and mm-hmm. just be like, oh, man, it's, it's it. Get your cars, get your jewelry, get your bitches. And you right. know, no, be smart. Sure. Know that you are a brand and you are negotiating your merchandise, which is you. You are negotiating how you will be dealt with throughout the situation or however long you sign into. And remember that these lawyers and these record labels half the time know each other. They have dinner together. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And the benefit for everybody is to get money. Absolutely. The benefit for everybody is to get money. Not right. to get you money, to get money. So when you understand that, just protect yourself. Just be knowledgeable of everything that's going on. Don't, and and and, and I'm going to close it with this. Everybody can't go. Huh. Meaning your friends, uh, your family, who wants to come and be a part of what God gave to you, mm-hmm. that, 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 that want to manage you or be your role manager or be this, and they have no experience. Right. Everybody mm-hmm. can't go, and it's not your fault that everybody can't go. I want to drop that on you know what I'm that's saying clear. and when you got somebody that's coming to you with a with with a proposition or a situation is saying hey I can take you here mm. sign right here make sure they show you who they did it for already damn right alright make sure they show you who you did who they did it for already and if they show you the steps that they took to take someone to stardom that's where you need to be but if they telling you that they don't have that and they trying to learn off of you, mm. don't red do flag. It. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. That's yeah. real. So that's my jewels to drop on you. I hope you know whoever watches this um, really, really pays attention to that part. You know, because what Absolutely. I've done for me, right? I can't tell you how to get there, but I can just tell you how to be prepared. Mm. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Do you feel like you underrated? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, I have so many accolades and so many accomplishments that I've, I've, I've gotten that it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a burden on me. It doesn't mm. make me sad. I don't. I, it doesn't hurt my feelings. Um, when I get fans that come through and they always say, you know, you top five forever for sure, you know, and like that, and it's like, you know, that's what matters. Yeah, because I know how to make money. You know, my family. You know, it's been fortunate and blessed. Damn and right. I don't rub that in people's faces because I don't ever want to block my blessing. Absolutely. But there's so many ways to make money. I I value my integrity and my ethics, and um, it's a lot of stuff that I wouldn't do because of that. And mm. um, maybe that's why I, I I never made it to the certain plateau that people feel that I should have. But me, as far as Shauna, I'm, mm. I'm very grateful for everything that I, that I experienced and, and, mm. and, and those that are still to come. For sure. Very. very. For sure. Yes. What do you feel like is missing from the game right now? Uh, originality. I think a mm. lot of, a lot of people are just riding the wave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Starting any. Yeah. You know, true. I think that, cause I always go back and listen to old music and um, some old school old school hip hop and stuff and you just you just see everybody you know just being themselves you know whether whether it was neo soul whether it was hip hop whether it was Mm. gangsta whatever it was it was them and they had Mm. a story you know what I'm saying 
they you. got the they got the history behind them to prove it. Usually, when you riding somebody else's wave, there's no fact sheet, right? Because that's not you. So I think that's what's lacking nowadays. They just want to be where they see someone else at and don't understand mm. that's that's for them. You got to do what thing. they do. Yeah. Right. True. Yeah. Um, talk about your new music, though. Talk about just getting back in the studio and finding your groove. Like, what was that like? I am, I'm, like I said, I'm always a student. I'm still working on that. Um, gotcha. Like, a lot of people don't know that I, I sing. I can play right. a few instruments, not, you know, to get on stage and, like, as a band, but in the studio, I can play it off. Um, sure. Just to sure, Shauna, the woman that I am. Um, I have a 19-year-old daughter now. I'm, I'm mm. coming into a young woman. Absolutely. Um, back yeah. when I was dropping those records, she was in Pampers. And I was just <laughs> dropping her off with Grandma and them and going out in the hood and doing what I want to do, hanging on the block, you know, shooting right. shit my niggas, <laughs> doing whatever. You know, I don't do that no more. I'm a woman now. So, you know, mm -hmm. that's what's in the booth with me right now. Because I never, mm. never take the funk. I never lied or, or, or cap, like they for say. Sure. No for cap sure. for me. Everything I talk about is what I, what I live. So mm -hmm. that, I think... That is the biggest thing that I'm dealing with right now because people want to hit cap. It's all, all, it's all cap now. It's all I got this. It's all, it's all bragging and boasting. It's all you ain't got this. I got this, and I never really been that type of artist. So I'm just trying That's to find a thing that I can, you know, still be myself mm, and, mm -hmm. and it still be beneficial for me. Word, yeah. That uh, the uh, it's it's called what you mean, right? Yes. That motherfucking hard. Thank that you. That's hard. I'm fucking Thank with you. it. Thank I you. Like, like I it. Said, like I was saying on the call <laughs> yesterday, sometimes I'll do records for me. Yeah. Not for airplay, not right. for radio, just for me to get it mm -hmm. out because that's who I am. Yeah, you know for sure. It's therapeutic. You know, it's a lot of conformity that you have to do nowadays when it comes mm -hmm. to getting a record played and stuff like that. So right. every now and then I just got to drop that real uncut Shauna. And what you mean was that? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm rocking with it. I'm Thank rocking you. with it. Thank yep. you. So Definitely. Um, so the name of our show is called the Progress Report. We talk about growth, getting better. Um, so what does the word progress mean to you? Progress means um never never be afraid to learn, never be afraid to be graded, to be um um to be constructively criticized. Ooh, I got that. Mm. Never be afraid. <laughs> To, to have that because that's your growth. You have to continue to learn. Never be content. Do mm. not be okay with contentment. Progress. That's what it is. Progress. Yes, ma'am. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been a lovely, lovely conversation. Again, I'm super humble because I've been a fan for years. Um, so thank you for sharing your art with the world. Thank you for getting back into the music. Absolutely. Please don't take your foot off of the, you know, next. Let's go. Absolutely. In hip hop, you have a um, an expiration date. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's only like that in hip hop. My only dad, like that in hip hop. My, my dad is 83 years old, still getting Grammy awards, still putting out albums, still right. all over the world with nothing less than 10,000 people at his shows. He was just Crazy. in Venice. He was just in um, Cognac, Italy. And it was mm. like over 20,000 people out there in the Beautiful. 
in the rain. 83 years old, people standing in the rain to come and admire his artistry. I don't know if that'll ever happen in hip hop, but to know that that exists is motivating. It's Absolutely. Comforting. It's comforting. And it also, um, you know, garners me to go into that, that, that part of me that I can, mm. you know, cause I can see my longevity there more so than in hip hop. Right. Yep. I hear you. Oh. Yes. I but I really you. appreciate you, Lala. Thank of you course. so very much. We ain't stay at nine. Tune in every time. We don't do no cap. Report only facts. Crackers report. We got the news. New interviews. We got the stats. Keep it a rack. Don't join the pack. No, we act. We ain't stay at nine. Tune in every time. We don't do no cap. Report only facts. Uh. Crackers report. We got the news. New interviews. We got the stats. Keep it a rack. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.